Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Let's make our confession of faith before we get started. It'll be up there on the screen. Let's read it together. Thank you, Father, that today the eyes of my heart see you, the ears of my heart hear you, my heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today I'm growing in the things of God. Amen. That is just a great confession to say over yourself. Um, And, yeah, it just stirs up that expectancy for our Sunday morning services, so. So I just want to do a quick review of what Josh talked about last week. Um, His message last week was titled Grace in Transition. And um, obviously we're, as a church, going through a big transition. There's lots of us in our lives who are going through transitions or just periods of refinement. Um, And during those times, you can really feel heaviness and you can really feel pressure um, to perform, even to stand strong till the end. Um, we looked at Galatians 6, 9, which encourages us um, not to grow weary in well-doing. Verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Um, that is just such an encouragement. Um, I'll read it from the Passion Translation. It says, And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds, for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. So he just made mention of, you know, yeah, we can grow weary, but keep going, keep going. It's not over yet. Um, You will see a harvest if you don't give up. And then we looked at Revelation 12 to, sorry, period, I didn't tell you that one. Um, And this is really a prophetic picture of the church giving birth to the plans and purposes of God into the earth. Um, It was a vision, and verse 2 says, She was pregnant and was crying out in labor pains in the agony of giving birth. Um, Let me get to it real quick. So chapter 12, oftentimes a woman, um, we, we see this, the woman is really referred to as the church. And so as she's giving birth, she's giving birth to the plans of God. Um, verse 1 says of chapter 12 says, in the, this is the Passion Translation, Then an astonishing miracle sign appeared in heaven. I saw a woman clothed with, clothed with the brilliance of the sun, and the moon was under her feet. She was wearing on her head a victor's crown of 12 stars. Verse 2 says, She was pregnant and was crying out in labor pains in the agony of giving birth. Um, So Josh was just saying, again, he made three points um, last week. He talked about the pain of labor. He talked about the position of the serpent. Um, Because verse 4 says that the dragon's massive tail swept across the sky and dragged away a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon crouched before the woman who was about to give birth, poised to devour the baby the moment it was born. Um, He just made mention of the position of 
the serpent or the enemy right there when you're getting ready to birth something, when you're getting ready to hurdle a huge cliff or whatever it is, um, that you can expect the enemy is going to be there to devour that plan, especially if it's the will of God. I mean, that's he wants to stop that. And so right here we see that, yeah, he's waiting. He's waiting by the woman to devour that baby, to devour that plan of God. Um, so we need to be on guard of that. Um, the third point Josh made was just the preparation of God. So I'm not going to get into that third point, but I just wanted to um, take a minute today to kind of talk about what do we do when that pressure comes? What do we do when those challenges come, when we're just getting ready? We're just getting ready to birth that baby or to step into something new, or maybe we've been really sticking it out for such a long time and the end seems like such a far far away place. What do we do? What's our response to that pressure? What's our response to, to challenges and trials? Um, last week, Josh was saying that when the pushing gets the hardest, you know you're on the other side of breakthrough. Um, so I want to look at a few scriptures that tie into that. Um, let's, we're going to keep our, we're going to keep our main text, Galatians 6, 9. You can go back to that. And, um, I am going to read in the Amplified. I mean, in the new, I mean, the Passion Translation. Um, it says Galatians 6, 9. So we're going to talk about pressure and struggles of life. We're going to talk about how do we respond to them for ourselves and then how do we respond when others are struggling? What's our reaction to them? Um, so let's read this verse and then we'll pray. Galatians 6, 9 says, And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for the service, Father. I thank you for every person here, Lord. I thank you for the mighty plans that you have over each of their lives. Lord, I thank you that it's not an accident, Father, that they're here, Father. I just thank you that, um, yeah, that they clearly hear your voice, that they receive exactly what they need from you today, Lord. And just thank you that I can clearly hear your voice, Lord, that I only speak what you want me to speak today, Father. Um, we just love you, and we do it all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, okay, so in looking at this scripture, this word weariness um, in the Greek is means to be negatively influenced with the outcome of experiencing inner weakness. So, obviously, when you're experiencing inner weakness, I feel like we're a lot more susceptible to negative influences. Our hearts are kind of, you know, not guarded. Our mind is kind of more open to distractions. Um, and so that's something to just to be on guard about. Um, that word, again, weariness, is to be negatively influenced with the outcome of experiencing inner weariness. Um, so this word in the, in the Passion Translation says implanting good seeds. So here it's important to realize that we're talking about doing things of God. We're talking about planting good seeds. Um, even in the commentary in the Passion, it talks about this is prayer. This could be a Bible study. This could be speaking wise words. It could be giving, be loving others. So we're not talking about doing things that are out of the will of God. We're not talking about sowing to our flesh. 
we're talking about planting good seeds. And if you look um, at verse 7, let's read 7 and 8 in this same chapter. It says, verse 7 says in the Passion Translation, Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. Verse 8 says, The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. What did you plant? What, if you forgot what you planted, what is your harvest? Look at your fruit. Um, if we continue on, verse 8 says, If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. So if you're not seeing good fruit, ask yourself, am I in the will of God? What am I doing right now? Is this what you've called me to do, Lord? Um, you know, if you're seeing a bunch of bad fruit, if you're seeing a bunch of strife and other stuff in your marriage and your life and your family, you know, what kind of seeds are you sowing? Like, go back to, okay, Lord, what, you know, where have I missed it? Just get, just line back up with God, put your eyes back on him. But I just think that's so powerful. The verse right before the end of verse seven, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. So what are you planting? What are you planting? Um, verse eight, the harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. So jumping back down to verse nine, we're planting these good seeds for the kingdom. We're planting good seeds of joy, of peace to others. We're planting, you know, we're doing good. This is what this verse is talking about. This is not talking about doing stuff that God hasn't called you to do because um, you'll absolutely experience pressure and experience trials either way, um, but especially if you're not doing the will of God. But the rest of verse 9 says, for the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. So, I want to look at um, what's our response. What's our response to whenever we're just hanging in there, we're starting to get weary. Okay, you're starting to feel weariness creep up. Um, do you isolate yourself or do you ask for help? Um, obviously, isolation, you know, when you're in isolation, you're not receiving from anybody. You know, do you isolate yourself from God? Do you isolate yourself from others? You can expect to stay right there, you know. Um, but do you open yourself up? Are you vulnerable to say, yeah, I really need help. I'm fearing, feeling weary, feeling attacked right now. Um, do you tell people about it? You know, pray for me. Just get in fellowship with somebody. It doesn't matter. Just go hang out. Do something. Don't stay by yourself. Um, that's The enemy is, has done his job if you're by yourself. Um, we're created for relationships. So do you retreat when pressure comes? When you're feeling weary, do you just retreat or do you stand firm? So obviously when you feel pressure, you know, if you're pushing up against something, if your feet are not firmly planted, what's going to happen? You're going to fall. You're going to just get weighed down. If I'm trying to, um, you know, open a door, if it flings back, you know, my feet aren't planted, I'm just going to fall down. Um, so are you, are you retreating or are you standing firm? Another question that I ask myself when I am feeling weary, um, am I blaming others or am I really looking at myself? I think it's so easy when I'm having a hard time, well, you know, or if I kind of get off, um, maybe do something out of love, I can blame my husband. I can blame my kids. Yeah, my kids are really stressing me out, you know. 
okay, well, what am I going to do about it? Is, are they the ones that cause me to act a certain way? No. I mean, it's only up to me. My actions are my choice. Um, so look at yourself. What can you do first before blaming others? And then um, do we give up or do we endure and do we see our harvest? So let's look at James chapter 1. And we're going to read, first we're going to read verse 3 through 6 in the Amplified. I mean, in the Message Bible. Um, actually, we'll, go, we'll read two. Do you get the message or no? Do we get that translation? I don't think we do. We do? Awesome. So James chapter 1, we're going to read verse 2 through 6 in the message. And it says, oh, yeah, hey, we can read Isaiah too. This looks pretty good too. You are you are fine. Heaven and earth, you're the jury. Listen to God's case. Okay, so chapter 1, verse 2 in the message says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Let's look at verse 5 and 6. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. So going back to the first uh, verse 2, what does he say? James says, consider it a sheer gift or count it all joy. And that word joy when they're saying or count is actually like a tally mark. So they're saying put that under the tally of the joy column. Okay, you're getting challenges? Yeah, put that under the joy column. Okay, doesn't really make sense to our flesh, but we can count it all joy. Why? Because our faith is being pushed. Our faith is being stretched because we're building endurance. And that is the thing that we need. When challenges come, what do you need? You need endurance. You need to be able to stand. Um, verse 4 says, and then as your endurance grows, I'll read it from here. Um, so don't, well, first of all, don't try to get out of anything prematurely, so don't give up. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Um, and now will you put up the Passion Translation for me? I want to read it in the Passion. We'll do um, just verse 2 through 4. It says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Okay. All right. Whatever you say, Lord. What is that joy? So, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. So, if you're plugged into God, it's going to stir up power to be able to endure all things. Yeah, I'll take that. And then verse 4 says, And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Wow. I mean, that is so good. That, 
like, yes, that's what I want. I mean, that's think about enduring challenges. Like, what is your challenge that you're enduring right now? Or what things have you endured in the path, past? You know, have you endured death and loss? Have you lost a job? Have you been broke? You know, have you fell out of touch with loved ones? I mean, that endurance, that endurance, like if you are staying plugged in and if you don't retreat, you're going to you're gonna be made, this verse says, you're going to be made perfect. In every part of you, perfection is going to be released. There's not going to be anything missing. There's going to be nothing lacking. So that's what we do when we feel pressure, when we feel challenges. We count it joy. We stay plugged in. We keep enduring because... We know that we're being perfected in that endurance. Um, We see that gaining victory depends on our endurance. We saw that in Galatians 6, 9. If you don't grow, if you don't give up, you're going to reap your harvest. Um, I want to look at, um, first of all, I want to read you this quote. And then um, I want to look at a diamond. So this quote by an unknown author says, There are unimaginable depths that are released or develop in those who have had to face and cope with diversities and pressures. Otherwise, one might remain shallow and superficial and have no clue of what they are really capable of becoming. I just love that. What are you capable of becoming? Oftentimes in these tests and trials, we see, wow, I'm capable of withstanding a whole lot. And then we're able to give a testimony to somebody else who needs that. So when you think about a diamond, um, a diamond starts as coal. And how does it become a diamond? With intense heat and pressure. Um, Let me read this from these cool scientist guys. They say that um, about how a diamond is formed. Intense heat and pressure cause carbon to crystallize over the course of billions of years. Formed deep within the Earth's mantle, diamonds are brought close to the Earth's surface by violent molten eruptions. Magma forcing its way up through deep volcanic fissures. The depths of this magma must originate where diamonds can be formed, 100 miles or more below the Earth's crust. At least three times the depth of, of the source of magma for most volcanoes. So this is a rare occurrence and why diamonds are so precious and costly. So they start as coal, and the intense heat and the pressure is what causes them to be become beautiful diamonds. Um, think about that in our lives. You know, this pressure, this intensity, it brings out something beautiful, something really lovely, um, if we can withstand. Actually, the name diamond, the word, the word diamond, is comes from, um, let me find it. The Greek word atomus, which translated means unconquerable, unalterable, unbreakable, and untamable. And so whose name sounds like atomus? Adam. Um, Adam was the name given to the first created human being. So like a diamond, he was pulled from the earth. I think his name, Adam, can be 
a representative of who we are as mankind. Um, unconquerable, unalterable, unbreakable, untamable. So God created us to be able to withstand. He's already put in us the ability to withstand. We can be unconquerable. We can be unbreakable. Um, so think about that diamond, you know, everything that it goes through, everything that you're going through, and the end result is beautiful. Um, it's, it's really powerful. Um, moving on. I know I'm not as eloquent as Josh, so I'm kind of choppy back and forth. Thanks, Christy. I love you. Um, yes, yes. Oh, such a treat. Um, so let's look at, let's go back to Galatians 6, 9 through 10. Um, so we kind of addressed what do we need to do when we're having pressure. We need to push into God. You know, we need to count it all joy and build up that endurance. Keep your faith. Keep your faith. Keep your perspective on God. Um, Let's read the rest of this verse. Let's go to chapter, I mean, verse, um, stay in chapter 6, 9 and 10. Let's look at, let's look at them together of Galatians. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds, for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Verse 10 says, take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Um, so Paul's encouraging us whenever you're going through these trials, whenever you're feeling weary, why don't you go ahead and take this opportunity to do good to others? Go ahead and bless somebody else along the way. Um, and that is just such a, a testament to who we are and how we're supposed to be as believers. What do you do when somebody's going through a trial, when somebody's struggling? Are we going to be there to help them? Are we going to be there to help bless them? Or are we just going to, you know what? Yeah, that's their fault. They probably got themselves into this. They can get themselves out. You know, being critical, being judgmental, we've all been there, and we all still do it. But if we look through the lens of love, we'll see, wait a second, no. Gosh, I've been there. You know, I need to, I need to offer a hand. Um, and this chapter, the beginning of this chapter, actually tells us what to do when others are having trouble, um, which I just love that it's all together there. So let's look at the beginning of chapter, verse Six, um, chapter 6, verse 2, um, says that love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. So the way to help others when they're experiencing trials and pressure is to show them love. We have to love them. We love them through it. Um, let's look at verse 1 of chapter 6. In the, in the Passion Translation says, My beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault or a mistake, may the one who overflows with the Spirit seek to restore him. We're called to restore each other. Win him over with gentle words, which will open his heart to you. What opens his heart? It's the gentle words. And, you will, keep, and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. Don't get in judgment. Don't be high and mighty. Just love him. Why? Because verse 2 says, love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. So, um, you know, after may maybe after we've come through a trial, what do we do? We see our friends struggling. We love them. We love them through it. Um, you know, I think just this chapter right here is just such a beautiful picture of the way that we are supposed to act as children of God. It talks about sowing and reaping. 
It talks about don't give up. You're going to reap this great harvest. talks about how to love others. We're all in this together. Um, I just think that's so powerful. Um, and if you need some more proof about what to do when others are struggling, let's go to Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. So our women's Bible study, the last round that we did, we really took our study from this verse in Hebrews. Um, and the passion is just amazing. Verse tw- so this is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. So you see the love again. Um, verse 25 says, This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Um, this is just a commission of what we're supposed to do as believers. Um, we, we all go through issues. We all have our things. We all experience pressure during transition, during different trials and seasons of life. Um, we need to stay plugged into him, and we need to make sure to keep everybody encouraged. Encourage them to acts of love and kindness. Um, you'll see the benefits of that. You're going to reap a harvest when you do that, when you encourage others, when you love others through it. You'll see a benefit. Um, the last scripture that I want to look at is 1 Peter 4, 8. And then we'll close. It says, says verse 8 says, Above all, Constantly echo God's intense love for one another, for love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. I just love that so much. Love. Love is the canopy. Love is what covers the multitude of sins. When we're struggling, when others are struggling, what do you do? You love them. When you're having a hard time, what do you do? You count it all joy. You tell others, I need help. You, you endure, you just stay, you stay the course, you stand. Having done all, you stand some more. Um, verse, I didn't put this, I didn't give you this, Perry, but in James chapter 1, I'll just read it, you don't have to turn there. Verse 12, if we keep reading in that chapter, it says, If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will, to content, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. So these are just some encouraging scriptures that you can stand on when you're having a hard time, um, when others are having a hard time too. So, yeah, um, I think that's all I have. Let's just find ways to encourage each other. And I think... Getting to know people, you know, I know that there's people in our church that we probably don't know yet, and we don't hang out with, you know, you don't have to be best friends, but even just offering that encouraging word, just how to be practical right now, you know, Um, just stepping out of your comfort zone, saying hi, giving a hug, whatever, um, is is super helpful, and it's super encouraging, Um, yeah, all right, let's stand to our feet, and we can pray. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. 
If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.